0: Action. Action. Hello, hello, online friends. She said hello, hello, online friends. Today's Sunday, <laughs> <service>. <laughs> Today's Sunday service is off the hook. Lean in and receive what the Lord wants you to do in your heart and your life today. And did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's a beautiful thing. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and support that you've been hoping for. Let us know. That you're out there and or stop by on a Sunday sometime. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to connect with you. And we have an Echo update. We're excited to dream again. We are moving out of the castle soon and it's been a great building for us over the last year. And it's been made evident to our leadership that it's time to make the move. At this time, we don't have any further details except to say thank you for your patience and flexibility. We'll let you know as soon as we finalize our next location for gathering. Lastly, thank you for your generosity and thank you for giving of your tithe. 10% of your income as worship to God and for His kingdom work. If you're looking to give, head to our website or text any
1: amount to 84321.
0: You got it. Enjoy Echo online service. There's
2: a thing in my voice, a stone in my praise, pushing back when the darkest weapons form. There's a power on my lips, even death can defy when the name of our God is lifted high. There is there? i uh-huh.
3: be our declaration today father pour your spirit out today on our church father we need a fresh wind let us prophesy and sing let us feel your wind your breath today jesus father i pray for every heart and every individual in this room jesus that they would experience a real encounter with the holy spirit today jesus And if they've already experienced, I ask that you would give them a fresh experience, Jesus, today. Father, I pray that you'd anoint every person in here to go and to do your will today and throughout the week, Father. That we would say the words that you give us and do the things that you ask us to do and not hesitate. Father, remind us that we walk in your power and your authority in the name of Jesus that every high thing must come down and every stronghold must be broken. That we have the power to walk in freedom with the blood of Jesus. Father, we love you, we worship you, and we praise you, and we acknowledge you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
4: We are in the middle of a series called Emoji, and the whole focus is on the pursuit of finding healthy spirituality. I mean, we can be spiritual, the question is, is can we pursue a health, a balance? And, and that's what we're attempting. And, and uh, today uh, it is uh, obviously our honor, our privilege to have you here amongst us. Uh, and I, I think it's, a, it's this perfect picture. You guys are, uh, you ladies, come on, can I hear for the ladies here? Um, you ladies are a perfect picture of what I want to get across today when we're pursuing health in our spirituality. And it's just one idea. That healthy spirituality is a forward movement. I, I, I tend to believe that that our faith moves forward or it moves back. There is no stagnance. Y'all get what I'm saying there? Like if you aren't moving forward, what are we doing? We're falling back. And uh, as I was seeking the Lord and I was praying about uh, about about y- you, really, in the front row, uh, and then also the church at large, I was thinking, man, what, what would they need to hear? What what would you know, so many times you go to churches and you're ministering to the churches, you realize that. Uh, but as I told you last hour, and for those that are here that don't know this, about 20 years ago, I worked for Teen Challenge. I know, I don't look over a day over 20, but it's true. <laughs> I worked with the teen boys, and, um, and that was just honestly one of, my, one of the joys of my life, uh, and it was just uh, such a blessing to do that. But what I did learn was this, is what you're doing is difficult, what you're doing requires forward movement. What you're doing requ- requires grit. It requires forgiveness. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> I feel unity in that front row. Come on, come on. <clears throat> but as I was praying, I was thinking about, hey, what what how could we be built up? How could uh, what are what is one of those elements that, that help us always move forward in our faith? And, and it comes back to Echo's vision for 2022. And it's two words, dream again. I really believe that you cannot ha- stay healthy in your faith if your dreams have died. If you've gotten to this place in life where, man, it, it's just... Uh, Groundhog Day every day with Bill Murray, right? Uh, is that right? Okay. I'm horrible at movie references if you don't know that, but <laughs> you do. You do know that. <laughs> but there's so much grace in the house. But bottom line is uh, <laughs> there is a necessity for us to have, to have God-given dreams in our everyday ordinary life. And I, I sense there's some of you, and, and, and I really feel this is this is true. This is a prophetic message, not only if, for those in the front row, but all the way back to the back row. That we need to dream again. I want today to be a reminder that we need to dream again. And I found this scripture in Daniel chapter 4. It's kind of an odd scripture, but just bear with me. The Israelites have been exiled, and they are in a different country. They're in a different culture. They've lost everything that they've known. They've been dehumanized. They've been enslaved. And this dream comes to the leader, Nebuchadnezzar. And it says this, he was at home in his palace, Content and he was prosperous. I need you to hear this. Our dreams begin to die when we become content and we have everything we need. It is so easy to become comfortable. It is so easy to, to just punch in. It's so easy just to begin to coast. But let me remind you that we all need a dream and we need to dream again. And in verse 5, it says this it's Nebuchadnezzar saying this I had a dream that made me afraid. And again, contextually, there, there, there's a part of this scripture that, yes, we need to lean into the original meaning of the story, yet I believe today, uh, for some of us that walked into this room today, there is this prophetic reminder that we need to have dreams once again, and we need to have dreams that make us a little bit scared. He said, I had a dream that made me afraid as as I was lying in bed. The images and the visions that passed through my mind terrified me. And the message today is this, is we all need to have dreams. We need to have them in two different ways. We need to have dreams that terrify us for two different reasons. Number one, the first reason is this, is you know what? A little healthy dose of fear won't hurt anybody. If you know anything about marketing, one of the number one, one, number one emotional elements that people market stuff uh, across your smartphones and your TV is fear, because fear works. And like it or not, it is a tool that will move you forward. And, and, and as Matt will come up here and give you some statistics about the depravity of addiction in our city and in this world, we need to remind ourselves that we're just one step away from stupid. I'm going to say it again because that was supposed to be an amen moment, but you missed it. We're all one step away from stupid. And we need to envision what our life could be if we're not living in the center of the dream that God has for you. You've lived it. You've lived this life where you would relate to Nebuchadnezzar. And, and what happens is this dream is, uh, is, is given to Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel uh, begins to interpret it. And right after the interpretation, Daniel says, actually, this is going to happen immediately. And it does. This is what happens to Nebuchadnezzar. It says in verse 33, immediately, what had been said to Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. And he was driven away from people. Another version says this. He was driven from human society. He was dehumanized. And what, it, what happened? He went and he ate grass like the ox. In the modern day terminology, he crazy. And I believe this is if we lose our dreams, we lose our ambitions, we lose the calling that God has for our life, we will eventually, like it or not, head off a path. And and, and unfortunately, some of you that are sitting in the front row, you know how it feels to be less than human. I mean, can we just have a real moment? How many of you have been discredited in society? How many of you hear the statistics and you think you cannot make it? And I'm just trying to tell you today, let that fear of a statistic help you and remind you to run away from those desires that have crippled our life. And you know what? It's so easy to focus on the front row, but let's be honest. Some of you have walked in here and you are addicts. It might not be alcohol, it may not be meth. It might be anger. It might be something else. And I'm just trying to present this idea, let a little bit of healthy fear, motivated by the Holy Spirit, uh, begin to paint this picture of what could be if you don't remain in the center of God's will. No. the second way to dream is this, and this is the one I prefer. It's the one I believe that you prefer, but I actually think it's a little bit more terrifying. When is the last time you dreamt something so big and so beyond yourself that you were absolutely terrified? We need those kind of dreams in our life. I don't know about you, but it's so easy to punch in. It's so easy just to get into a rhythm. But what if God wants to take you out of rhythm and begin to just put a vision and an image and a dream into your life that you would step in and be the person that God has called you to be in the world that he has placed you in? We need to dream again. Look at your neighbor and say, dream again. Again, maybe not a super deep message today. Maybe I'm not contextually giving you tons in this scripture, but I, I just sense there's someone in this room that needs to hear that once again. Dream again. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how planned out your life is. God wants to interrupt you and just whisper, dream again. Teen challenge. You need to finish the program. Some of you have thought, like, man, I'm just going to make it to the bare minimum. Or, or, man, when I get really, really angry and someone says one last thing, I'm out of the program. I'm going to do myself um, a favor and get out of here. Some of you, you've, you've taught yourself, and you do this in the back row, too. You tell yourself, no, I can make it. No, the truth is you need to complete what you started. Some of you need to hear this short term. It's a great goal, but let's do a long-term. Let's dream again, knowing that God's got a bigger plan. It's not so much, honestly, it's not so much about, um, sometimes it is about Teen Challenge and what you're doing there, but I'll tell you this, it's about God's timing. And some of you think you're ready now. You aren't. You're ready then. And you got to be patient enough to stick around. Some of you, uh, I just sense uh, uh, you need to dream again with the church. You need to dream again with the the local expression of Christ and dream again and go, God, what could I do in the context of healthy community uh, to make a difference in the center and the city and beyond? You need to become rooted. And I said this last hour, and I sense again uh, this hour, there are some people that walked in this room, and to dream again is to simply just quit your job, to walk away from your comfort, and maybe even the God that you serve. Some of you walked in and you're like, yeah, God's my provider. But it'd be so scary for you to step out of that bi-weekly deposit into your bank account. And again, that's not for everybody, but that might be for somebody. My hope and my prayer is that, that today we're reminded that God has placed, God has a, a place, he's got a purpose, and he has a people for you may we be reminded that today, Jesus, today, we love you. And uh, so many of us come into this space with different thoughts. There's some people that walk into this, uh, into Echo Church for the first time because they're here to support someone. And uh, maybe they're just general guests. I I, I don't know what's going on today, but I just sense uh, that this message is meant for somebody. God, you are reminding us once again to dream again and to dream big, to, bring, to dream bigger than ourselves. And, 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 and God, I just ask that you would just give us a healthy fear, a healthy fear of, of who you are and what you're capable of, but then also a healthy fear of ourself if we keep trying to do this by ourself. So be with us, speak to us through these beautiful women that
5: are here in the front row today. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you. I know that this is the first time that we've had the privilege of being here with our choir, but I know that many of you out there have supported us for years. And I will tell you, there are over 3,500 people that come through our doors across the state throughout a year. And so for all of you who have been supporting us, you are truly truly helping us to affect thousands of lives for Jesus. So with that, I got to transition into the darkness a little bit. I'm sorry. I know that's an abrupt transition, but I promise you we won't stay there long. These last two years have been rough for everybody. Beyond that, though, as COVID took the headlines, addiction has run rampant throughout our society. It is destroying people. This world needs Jesus more today than it ever has. With that, I'm a numbers guy, and so I want to read to you, as Pastor said, some statistics that I have that help kind of paint the picture of what exactly it is that we're dealing with. I will tell you that our local sheriff tells us that 90% of all crime that they deal with is drug or alcohol-related in some form or fashion. And so if you want to deal with this crime that is getting out of pocket right now, the first thing we have to address is we have to address addiction. 5.5% of all adults in Minnesota meet the criteria for having an alcohol use disorder. Drug cases in our area are up 60%. Heroin seizures in our area are up 300%. In 2020, over 3 million lethal doses of fentanyl were confiscated by law enforcement in Minnesota alone. That is enough fentanyl to kill half the population of Minnesota. Meth, cocaine, marijuana are all now being laced with fentanyl. I don't know, maybe you saw in the news a couple weeks ago there were six people down in spring break in Florida that overdosed On fentanyl because it was mixed in with the cocaine they thought they were doing. Nowadays, anything you do can kill you. The CDC states that 1,008 Minnesotans died of overdose in 2020. Across the United States, over 100,000 people lost their lives. There's so many people that's actually lowered the life expectancy in our country. Drug overdose is now the leading cause of death for people in our country 18 to 45. And I would love to tell you that in 2021 things got better, but they did not. We're expecting those numbers to come in when they're finally finalized and be much, much higher. But aren't you glad that the story doesn't stop there? Aren't you glad that we know a Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ that is bigger than any of those statistics, who has come to set the captive free, who is, very, who is capable of breaking the very chains of addiction? That's what we do at Teen Challenge. And so there's another statistic I want to give you, and that's our success rate. An independent third-party company did a study of our graduates where they contacted them, and six months after graduation, 65%, 67% of our graduates reported that it had not used at all another 18 per 13% had said, you know what? I messed up once, but I got back on the horse and I'm sober again today. If you put those two numbers together, my math tells me that's 80%. 80%. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with Teen Challenge and everything to do with Jesus. That is the only reason that we are that successful. So that is what we do. We preach that Jesus is the answer that the body of Christ is the answer. And so with that, what we do is we go around on Sundays and we share testimonies about what Jesus is doing in our lives and also sing some songs. And so for our first testimony today, I'm going to ask Tiffany to come up.
6: (laughs) Hi, um, again, my name is Tiffany, and I've been at Teen Challenge now for a year this month, so I'm coming close to the end of my program here. And I'm just going to go back a little bit to give you a little bit of the dark. And like Matt was saying, like, I don't want to stay there too long, because that's not where I'm at today. But I started, um, I struggled, struggled, because it's past tense, with an addiction to alcohol. And I was a bit of a late bloomer with that. I started drinking when I was 21. I waited, um, because I grew up, I did school, I was a good student. I went to college, and I waited to start drinking until it was time to party and stuff. So... I started there, and what started out innocent ended up being something very, very dark for me. And I like what your pastor said. He's on fire, by the way. Um, <laughs> when he said I was one step, like, don't be one step away from stupid. So when I turned 21, I jumped into stupid. You know what I mean? And I stayed stupid for, <laughs> I've been in stupid for 17 years. And in that stupid, I've you know, been in bad situations because of my drinking. Um, just dangerous things, and I've also the most dangerous part of that was being a functioning alcoholic, because I was able to maintain a job, I was able to maintain my my place where I live, and to function to function unfunctionally, if that makes any sense. Um, and just with that, you know, I spent a lot of time going in and out, getting sober, not being sober, getting sober, and uh, during the COVID time, right before COVID hit, I was in a, a point of sobriety where I was sober. And just with COVID hitting things and being isolated with the job that I worked, we were put in hotels because I worked in healthcare. care. Um, the enemy came in and was like, like, this is your opportunity to get back into stupid. So I jumped knee deep in stupid this time. And I... Um, It was just really dark. It was really bad. It was really, really fast. I lived alone. I was extremely alone in the isolation and whatnot. And through that super, super dark time, I was in it, had a dream. And in that dream, someone from my church had came to me and was like, you're okay. And I truly believe that was God speaking to me, letting me know that I would be okay. And so after that, I signed up for outpatient therapy uh, through Teen Challenge, and that was great. However, I'm a functioning alcoholic, remember. So I was functioning through outpatient drinking and doing that at the same time. And then there became a point where I just decided, like, that's not going to be okay. And um, I told them I need to do the long-term program, which is all of us here, that 13-month program. And I went in um, just willing to take one foot at, take one foot in front of the other, per se, and just really dig into not just getting sober, but living, living in sobriety, not having to worry about addiction, um, having control of that, and also just grow closer to God, because He did come to me to let me know that I was gonna be okay, and that I just had to trust in Him. And so coming to Teen Challenge, gave me that platform to be able to really dig into the Lord and just be open and be mentally available and to have an open heart to receive everything that he had for me. Um and during that during this whole time, it's been a it's been a lot of seasons. You know, we're in the spring and it's a new season. But spiritually these seasons changed for it changed for me. And there was a lot of growth, there was a lot of stretching and through this, through this with teen challenge just just giving me the foundation to be confident in the Lord and to walk with him and to be obedient to him because he has a plan for me. And, like, your pastor was talking about that, like, dream, dream big. And, you know, I've always been scared to, I guess, dream big. But he has such big things for me. And it is it is terrifying. It's scary. But when you're obedient and you trust in him and just walk into that, like, he'll always guide you. And when he talked about, you know, somebody here that needs to give up their job, I did. I gave up my job. I gave up my apartment. I gave up my dog. And that's all terrifying because, If I live in, like, my flesh, I don't know day-to-day where that's all going to come from when I leave here, but I just trust that he'll provide and give me what I need, and I just follow with that. And Teen Challenge has been the place to flourish that, that confidence in me and that confidence with Jesus to be able to stand here and say that that's how I'm walking this out. And so, like I said, I'll be graduating in a couple weeks, and I'm going to further step into that faith of obedience and go to Teen Challenge Leadership Institute, which is our ministry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's our ministry school. And like I said, I come from healthcare, so to hop into ministry with just nothing, I'm just going on faith with the Lord with that and just see where He takes me in that. And yeah, that's all I got for y'all.
7: for having us today. Um, I'm not used to being on the stage, so I guess I don't know if this is my dream to get off or <laughs> the fear of. Um, anyway, um, I'm 50 years old. I'm uh, originally from Iowa. I'm a border hopper, been in Rochester about 25 years. Um, so growing up, um, pretty everything was pretty normal, possessions. Um, lived on a farm, lived in a town of 800, so I probably started you know, experiencing um, alcohol when I was about 14, 15, riding mopeds, thinking we were cool. Um, eventually led to, you know, just your weekends, your typical, you know, boys, parties, all that fun stuff, singing. Um, And then um, as I made my, kind of my life into Rochester, I was working at Sears and I had a pretty good life. I got pretty successful. I was promoted at the age of 20, didn't have a clue what that really meant, but things got going really well. I had some really good managers that really saw some spite in me and they knew that I could do it. But one thing that I when I got married and I moved on, and uh, there was something that always, I had to have alcohol in my car, I would go on break, make sure that there was alcohol in my car on the way home because I was driving 45 minutes to get home. So my husband at the time was um, working for a farmer, and so he was gone probably about you know 18 a day. And so eventually things just kind of separated, and after, you know, um, there's all kinds of things when you, live, you have a big family. It's, Total dysfunction. Um, people hating people. Um, uh, tragedy. You know, deaths in the family. Um, you know, after my dad died, um, you know, things got a little different. I had some resentment toward my mom, and so neither one of them are here right now. They're all in the kingdom, waiting for me to get there someday. So I know that they're happy, and that's where they need to be. So, um, so through the divorce, the dysfunction, um, everything that was kind of going on. I wasn't happy in my job anymore, and the drinking, and then. Um, I just kind of lost where I was i didn 't know really know what to do after the divorce, and that 's kind of when it really hit me like what what really is going on here. I had left Sears as we well know is that the time was coming to an end, and I left five years before they um, actually dissolved and I left behind a good life I mean I, uh, Sears was great um, I have still have some long standing friends from Sears from back in the young days, and then try to move on to a different job in a different field, kind of the same field, but become a leader of Quick Trip. And it was a very demanding job, a very great job, um, but I, I, I couldn't do it. And I was a person that felt like I needed to be able to do it. That was kind of what I was taught, and I grew up on a farm, and we knew where our place was, and you just needed to be able to handle everything that was given to you. And so my drinking just kind of got worse. It was morning, noon, and a night. I was drinking up at 4 a.m. and I was drinking. I was drinking on the way to work. I was drinking at work. I was drinking after work. I was just drinking all the time. So eventually when I lost my job, I went to treatment in Vegas to another state where I didn't want anybody to know who I was. I didn't want to run into anybody. Um, my family really didn't really know what was going on other than, why don't you want to be here in Rochester? I said, I don't want to run into anybody I know. And their thing was, is, well, you're going to, like, we won't ever see you. And I said, well, we go a whole year, two years, whatever, without seeing each other anyway. What's the big deal? And so, you know, Vegas, treatment in Vegas is really just treatment in Vegas. They come in, they go really quickly. There was a lot of girls that came and went um, in the 30 days that I was there that I couldn't even give you a number. Because it was really a detox mode. So after I got back, I kind of tried to get back into life. You know, I had no job, really anything, and I really didn't really... I have an idea what I wanted to do it was freedom it was great Um, but then I got another job and you know with COVID and everything else that happened and I think um, once I was um, diagnosed with um, neuropathy so it's alcohol induced neuropathy and if you don't know what that is it's my hands and my feet are numb and at one point I couldn't walk I couldn't write really very well because um, basically it was my body was just full of these toxins that um, you can kind of get back but never really get back So, um, you know, after I had taken my gabapentin, you know, why not drink with your gabapentin? Because that's the thing to do is take the medicine that's supposed to help you, but you drink on top of it. So anyway, that job ended because of COVID. Um, They let me go and I was on unemployment. And again, I thought things were great. I mean, what's the big deal? Well, then things slowly started to spiral. um, Actually, March 29th of last year is when I... um, Admitted myself into the short term, um, I was there for 106 days. So yeah, now, short term is supposed to be seven days to 30 days, 90 days. I stayed 106. Due to some, uh, my counselor wanted me to make sure I got through my um, doctor's appointments to make sure that things were going on the up and up instead of continuing downward. So I left and then I walked back into the life that I really ju- had already left and that things were just the same. Um, they prayed for me when they dropped me off, sat on the couch, and I said, Now what? And it really literally took just a couple of days. Um, And then within three weeks, I was in detox within three weeks. Um, And it really was the third time that really was the eye-opener when my best friend came to get me to grab the Bible and my medications because I don't let you have anything else on detox. And because I know this because I've been there two times before that, you know, cops and everything else. And she says, well, why are you grabbing that? You're not really doing it anyway. And I was like, oh, you know what? She's probably right. So after that, um, I was actually admitted back in on August 6th and went to the short term for a period of time. I had some things to take care of, so it took me till September 21st to get to long term. So it's been roughly about six months, and it's been the best thing of my life. Uh, there are days... <laughs> Thank you. There are days that really aren't so great. Um, you know, when you're down in that muck in the muddy water and you really can't get to the top, you don't think that you're, you're drowning, basically... That's that feeling of the feeling that you don't want to feel, but it's really there. And the first time I ever really experienced that when I was packing up my home and I'm sober and I'm bawling and I'm like, what is that? My counselor says, that's that feeling of the feeling of the feeling that you really don't know what that feeling is and it's really okay. And it scared me because I'm like, because normally I would just grab the jug or whatever else and be okay with it and just, but you got to feel it. And it's hard, um, but we have really great days and we have not so great days. But again, it's okay not to be okay. And we never really thought that that was a possibility. Um, but, you know, the things that God, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and everything that's done in my life is a, a lot of great things, um, brought some great, really great people in my path. Um, we think that I always thought it was a coincidence that things happened. And my chaplain says there's no such thing as a coincidence, and there's no such thing as luck. Um, so I really, truly believe that people are put in your paths for a reason. You meet some really great people. Um, You know, the staff, um, the senior director, everything. I mean, they love you, they care about you, they know who you are. And they will continue to know who you are as you become part of that alumni someday. And hopefully, again, get to stand up here and tell people that I'm 20 years sober instead of not less than a year. So, um, yeah, uh, just really great things. I pray every day. I always thought that, that that voice in my head was really the voice in my head, but it's really the Holy Spirit trying to tell me something. And if I sit still and I listen, um, I think he was talking to me all along, but I just really didn't care because I thought that the, really the bottle was better than that. And um, it is not. And it's not. And I look forward um, to the future for the hope because people like yourselves, my sisters. The people that have brought me to Teen Challenge really give me hope um, that there is light at the end of that tunnel, whether, well, whatever that might be. I have no clue what I'm going to do in six months. So <laughs> there you go. Now he's like, there's the open door. So um, I try to keep my fruits in the basket. As I tell my chaplain, it's like I'm, you know, I have all these ingredients outside the big baking bowl. And sometimes they go in, and then sometimes they shake out. You know, like um, it doesn't make it in, and it kind of goes back. And when you're stagnant, like Pastor said, Um, But you really just got to reach in and and find it and really just deal with it. And we just don't like to do that sometimes. But we're there for each other, and you can stop and pray with anybody at one given moment. And when you want to cry, he's there to let you cry. When you want to dance, he's there to let you dance. And when you want to sing, he's there to let you sing. And uh, we just met some wonderful people, and I look forward to the future. And I'm very, very grateful to be able to see some of the hope um, that some of the other gals Um, have, Um, because people truly are, um, they have big hearts, and they have a purpose on this earth, and so do I. So so thank you very much for having us.
5: So a couple of quick things about our program and how we affect change like this. you heard a little bit about our outpatient program. So we have an outpatient program down in South Rochester that we just opened recently. It is uh, for people who is addiction level, maybe hasn't quite hit the level where you need our residential treatment yet. You can continue to work. You can continue to go to school. Um, if you know somebody who's at that level of addiction, I would encourage you to stop by the table out in the back. We've got some information on that program. We also have our short-term program that you've... It's licensed by the state of Minnesota Anywhere from 7 to 90 days Covered by most major insurance companies We have licensed alcohol and drug Counselors that work in this program, mental health Providers. If you think of a hospital, it's Kind of like our emergency room. We want to get you in We want to get you stable. We want to start to work on Some of those things behind addiction On the other end of the building, we have what we are more Known for. That is our long-term Program. It is 13 plus months Solely faith-based. This is where we look At biblical ways to deal with Addiction. We firmly believe that addiction is an outward expression of an internal problem all the things that we've suffered in our life but namely our problem with sin and our need for Jesus and so we dig into the Bible and we look at things like grief and loss forgiveness anger humility integrity things that all of us struggle with but us as addicts tend to turn to drugs and alcohol when we don't know how to deal with those things so we look at what does the Bible say Um, The other thing that I want to mention is our prevention program, our Know the Truth program. We go out to middle and high schools. We are in over 250-plus high schools. We speak to over 55,000 kids where we just get to share our story. Our hope is that one kid will just listen to us and not have to come through our doors or even worse, end up one of those statistics that you heard about earlier. And then lastly, we have our aftercare program. Um, We're a little different in that we don't just say, hey, we've given you everything we can. There's the door. Good luck to you. This is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We need to do this in community. We need to support each other. And so we want to be here for them in everything that they're struggling with. And so with that, I've got one more testimony that we're going to share with you guys. I want Peg to come up.
8: I'm not drinking my life away anymore. Amen. Uh, Pastor, you spoke to my heart today. I once had a dream. But there's a quite diversity of age in here, so I am going to start a little bit. Don't get scared with my gray hair. But my first drink, I was 10 years old. I came from a family of uh, much trauma and abuse and a lot of pain and fear. And when I was 10 years old, I had my first drink, which became my first drunk, and my first blackout. And I discovered that it was the greatest thing I ever experienced at that time in my life. Took all the pain away, took all the fear away, made me feel warm and comfortable, made me feel loved. And so that was the beginning of a very long road. Um, I see young people here, and I saw Echo High School on the thing, so I wanted to share that From that moment, I went right into drugs. Being a kid in Miami, Florida, I was doing every drug that ever was known to man. I was even arrested when I was 14 for sales and possession of narcotics. Uh, I was cool in high school doing all those drugs. That's not cool. It's not cool at all. And when you start doing it really young, if you're not careful and you're not blessed and somebody doesn't, love you enough to grab you by the hand and lead you to church, then you could end up being my age standing on this stage and say, I struggled with addiction my entire life. So the first time God tried to save me, though, from alcohol and drugs was when I was 17. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I had a dream, a big dream. God had a call on my heart to reach out to those like me. I came to Minnesota to go to Bible college. I graduated from Bible college, and then shortly thereafter, I let anger and bitterness And resentment choke out the root of the love in my heart. And unbelievably to me today, I turned my back and walked away. Walked away from God and the blood that he shed for me and the wonderful salvation he had given me and went right back to drinking because I couldn't stand hearing that education, those words. Once you know God, the second thing I want to tell you that's real important, you can't run away. You can try. But mercy and grace will follow you all the days of your life. And if you're here and you think that you've run away from God and that you've failed and that you've let him down, let me say that's not possible because he died for you. And he died for me. And he will never leave us or forsake us. And that one song, as long as there's breath, there's life. And it, God's not done. God's not done. God's never done. So uh, spent the majority of my life 30 years running from him. Lots of pain in there. I won't go through all those stories. But when I was... Uh, My significant other of 14 years died of leukemia. I was 50 years old. And I went right into the deepest, darkest pit I had ever experienced in my life. I did my very best with all my life insurance benefits to drink myself to death. I even discovered meth for the first time at 50 years old and found a needle in my arm. But by the grace of God, there were people in my life who were in a church that was spirit-filled, and they'd been praying for me for years, and they absolutely refused to let me die. They took me to Teen Challenge. Amen, that was 2012. I'm so grateful for them. That was in 2012. I reconciled my relationship with God. I learned a lot in Teen Challenge. I had a desire to stay sober, and I had the blessing of working for Teen Challenge for nine years in their finance department. I'm a I'm a victim of COVID. There were other things of course I hadn't dug out that I found out now and that I hadn't healed yet but with COVID my age and my uh like four high risk factors I was afraid to go to church. I'd been taught by teen challenge that I needed community to stay sober. I was trying to do it alone. I worked alone, I lived alone. I didn't go to church. I quit going to meetings. And it was about a year and a half before I sunk back into depression, confusion, confusion, frustration, and I took another drink. I was right back in trouble right again. But Teen Challenge is family, and they refused to let me go. Obviously, I probably, not probably, I deserved to not have that job anymore. And I was terminated from that position and welcomed into the arms of Rochester Teen Challenge for restoration. And I walked in there, and I said, let's find out what I'm missing. And so they helped me dig out some things, and we healed some things. And guess what, Pastor? I got my dream back. Yes. God's not done. I'm not dead. I got a dream back. And I know, I know that he's going to use this to help other people. There is nothing like serving God. There's nothing that you can find in drugs and alcohol that can equal this experience in any way. So I just stand here and praise him, glorify him, and thank you for having us today.
5: Those are just three of our hundred stories you could hear back at our campus right now. Three of 3,500 stories you could hear throughout this year. We're so I, I can't think of a better job to do than what I get to do. I get to stand on the front lines and watch miracles happen every day, like what you just heard about today. So I'm going to give you some ways that you can get involved. Out in the table back there, we have some information on our program. If you know it's somebody that needs help, we would love to talk to you about that. Um, prayer. We need your prayers. You heard these, these women and our men are fighting for their very lives. This doesn't happen without prayer and without your support. I'm a firm believer that prayer moves mountains. So please pray for us. Um, three. We need mentors. We need people to come alongside our women and our men and partner with them. What is a mentor? In short, it's just to be a godly friend. If you have a couple of hours every other week or so where you could take them to a ball game, take them out for coffee, take them to a Bible study, we have some information on that at the table as well. Lastly, this does not happen without your financial support. There is no way around that. We get about $900 from the state. It goes to cover a bed and something to eat. We cannot take any of that money and put it towards faith-based programming. We could easily be fully funded. All we have to do is drop Jesus from our program. We'd have access to all the money in the world. But last I checked, my God owns all the money in the world, so we're not dropping Jesus. From what we do, it takes about $1,200 above and beyond that $900 per month to put on the programming that we put on. If you take 174 beds across our facility, that's a lot of money. But God finds a way. We are blessed and highly favored. And so it is our honor to be here with you today. Thank you so much for your love and support. We've got one song that we want to sing for you guys here as we bring this to a close. Ladies, if you want to come on up.
9: ladies are awesome. Thanks for being here today. You know what I was thinking about this morning is uh, I think the last two years reminded us of the trauma that's probably happened in our lives. Have like you thought about the last two years? I just think there's things that we are able to kind of fight through ourselves, like grit our teeth and bear it, and then there's then like the last two years hit and the trauma. We, we couldn't do it on our own anymore. And in some ways we we chose, I don't know, I know people that decided work was their new focus and they worked way too much. Or they became fitness fanatics, or they became whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And I think Andy was spot on today. We are one decision away. I don't know if you guys have ever been able to be a part of, of any sort of recovery ministry, but one of the things that I've seen done and got to be a part of was writing down what would happen if you pursued addiction any further where your loss would be what it would do to the people around you one of the, the, the times I saw work in an incredible way was what would happen if you were unfaithful in your marriage what the loss would be what the ramifications might be to you and your friends and your family and your kids and generations to come And I think we're all one step away from really being in a lot of trouble. Uh, The homeless population has increased in in this country exponentially in the last two years. And I think it's easy to go, well, it's because of this, or it's because of this, or come up with some sort of judgmental idea. But what it really is, is they're just people that were one step away. And I think it's a powerful reminder to be reminded that we are all one step away. I know I'm one step away. And so what we got to do, I think, is just we got to trust Jesus. Right, Dex? Is Jesus the answer? All right. Jesus is always the answer. But here's the crazy thing. Is, Jesus has called us not just to, to pursue him as the answer, but to be in community. I love that word. I, I, I can't remember who said that, but you're like community. That was the answer. It was, yeah. So the idea is you can't, you can't recover from addiction. You can't recover from sin. You can't recover from trauma on your own. You just can't. So I just feel like the the challenge today, the call today of God on our life is, guess what? It's time to do this together. It's time to be honest. It's time to to not go to treatment in Vegas, but it's time to go to treatment in our own lives, right here with the people we're around. And just take that step forward and trust Jesus. So Echo, one of the things we do every week is we say a prayer. So here's what I'd love for you to do. Would you guys all stand with me? And this is just that next step. Maybe it's the first step. But let's say this prayer together like we do every week. It's just that reminder. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions. Amen. Let's celebrate those that maybe said that for the first time today. Now, we like to celebrate another group of people, and I want to specifically celebrate even this group up front, but anybody else in the room that was here for the first time today, come on, let's celebrate those people. And I just want to say something specifically. I think there's something about being reminded of the redeeming power of Christ that gives you zeal and move forward. So, like, when you guys are here, I just want you to know, the energy in the room is just different. And I'm so glad that you guys... So, in the first service, they sat on the side over here, but I'm just glad you guys are up here leading us in worship and just showing us, like... Go after God and trust him completely. I just thought it was a super cool experience that you guys were in the front row today and I loved it so much. Now, one of the things we're gonna do, we're gonna have our ushers come forward and we are gonna do something we have not done in two years. We're gonna pass some baskets. It's just crazy to say that out loud. I still can't believe it. So what we're gonna do, here's what I'm gonna, my buddy, we're gonna start on this side and if you can just kind of pass them in your row all the way across, that would be awesome. And I just have a challenge for you. We can say good things and we can mean good things. But what Jesus has called us to do is do good things. And so I want to just challenge you. Every dollar that goes in these baskets today and every dollar that goes to the generous initiative if you want to give online, 100% of that is going to go to support these ladies and Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge because we believe in you. We believe God's doing big things. And we are trusting that God is just going to continue to do those amazing things. So let's do this, Echo. Let's do what we continuously do week in and week out, which by the way, you support Teen Challenge automatically by being a part of this church and giving already. This is already something we support. But today's above and beyond, let's take a step towards uh, letting everybody know that that Jesus has moved in our life and we want to see more. So Echo Church, Dex just got a song for us. Let's sing this song and be reminded of how incredible Jesus is.
0: Being here today, ladies, you have inspired us. If anything, I just want to say I want more of him. And I think today is that reminder for us to lean into God through all circumstances that he doesn't give up, that we need more hope, more joy, more Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I think God's calling us to dream again, to dream for more. And thank you for sharing your stories, thank you for
7: inspiring us with your transformation. And just the fresh start. And God is a God of restoration. God is a God who meets us where we're at. And so we wanted to say thank you and have a beautiful and blessed day. Thanks for joining us today.